This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiansen. And a good, good day to everyone out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcasting platforms you're listening to. This is the Podium Finish Live, and I'm your host, Rob Tiansen. Joined alongside, as always, Nathan Solomon, my good friend and my colleague here on the podcast. We have a great show in store for you folks because we are going to recap all the action that happened at Bristol. And believe you me, there was plenty. And of course, look ahead to Texas Motor Speedway, which is going to be my first race back since Coda back in March. So I'm super excited. We have a big, awesome game plan ahead for our content but of course, the podcast is part of that. So Nathan and I are going to get to as much as we can to get you all hyped up for this weekend's Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Yes, that's a mouthful, folks. But believe me, me, if I can say it, so can you. And there's a lot of great news to talk about because the Xfinity Playoffs is going to be kicking off this weekend. So we're going to take a look into that. And also, too, the round of 12 for the Cup Series playoffs. And then, of course, our winning time to cap off our show. So before we bring in Nathan, of course, I want to do our sponsor plug, of course, to SpoilerDieCast.com, who does a great job for the NASCAR Diecast collectibles community. If you head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com, you will find the latest and the greatest diecasts from Lionel Racing and some hidden gems as well. And if you spend $20 or more on in-stock items or pre-order items, you can save 5% off your order and get free shipping with promo code TPF. That's 5% off your orders of $20 or more with promo code TPF. So head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com and tell them that Rob Tiongson and Nathan Solomon sent you over. And speaking of Nathan Solomon, let's bring him in right now. So Nathan... How are you doing? I'm sure you're pretty happy about the Jets winning this past weekend. I am. Uh, I'm very happy about that because the Jets are not used to winning in September. Like it's usually like middle of October when we win our first game. So um, we're off to a good start. We'll take one, one, one and one. Um, but no, of course, always good to be on here talking some NASCAR. Glad you're back at the track this weekend. Um, it's always good when we have a have a rider at the track, and glad you're finally back. So. Um, going to be a big weekend for uh, for TPF, and I'm looking forward to it. You betcha. It's going to be a great one, and we're going to try some new things as well because I've seen what you how YouTube has been very effective for you, and we're going to try to do some short clips and maybe some paddock pass type videos. I can't be Will Buxton, but I will do my best without a microphone. I have a loud voice, so you will hear me over the the droning sounds of those stock cars. And I'll certainly file reports after races. So check out that. And if you're at the racetrack fans, stop by and say hi to me. I will be in the garage most of the time, but I will make my way through the fan zone here and there. So just look for the guy in the in the baseball t-shirt like this. Uh, I know you can't see it, so I'll describe it's the black and gray shirt you, you often see me in on, on social medias. Um, if you catch me in that, stop by, take a picture, say, talk about racing, talk about bowling, anything. I'll, I'll make time for you folks. But we're going to talk about racing on this show because you're not here to hear about my thoughts about the greatest Candleman bowlers. You're here to talk about racing, right? So let's do that by going to Podium Perspectives.
Oh my goodness. The Bristol night race certainly was something. I don't have an adjective for it still other than wild, which I used for my recap, but uh, obviously the playoff party crashing committee continued on with their winning ways with Christopher Buescher winning. But I think the bigger story from all of this was the elimination of two former cup champions and Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. Seriously, folks, when you did your playoff brackets, did you predict Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick missing the round of 12? Probably not. But, you know, we're heading into this next round, which is going to be at Texas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. And neither driver is going to be competing for the championship any further. They're just going to have to go for best in class. And in the case of Kyle Busch, had to close out his chapter at Joe Gibbs Racing as best as he can. And for Kevin Harvick, it's another season to try to get another championship for the number four team. But uh, Nathan, you know, Bristol was certainly not short on chaotic, to say the least, on the cup side of things. But in terms of the elimination of Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, how surprising was that? Because while Harvick had such a huge deficit, you mean you pick Kyle Bush to win the race? I'm sure you're you have to be a little bit flabbergasted about things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, actually, Kyle didn't have a bad run going, but and I, you know, he really missed the second round of the playoffs, kind of on bad luck. Like that's kind of in the story of the second half of his season. Um, like it's not his fault that the Toyota struggled on road courses this year, and and three of the four road courses. Um, I, I found this researching for an article I wrote the other day, like three of the four road course races this summer, I think he finished 29th or worse. So Toyota's obviously not had road course speed. That's something that we've talked about a lot this year. Um, then you look at like Pocono, he finished second to get disqualified for an issue that, I mean, did it have some impact on the car? Sure. Because it was enough to disqualify him, but, um, with research, it doesn't really look like it would have significantly affected the car in the sense, or maybe he would have finished third or something instead of second, but, um, but yeah, it, it's just been the bad luck for him. And in this round of 16, it's been that bad luck that's continued. Like two engine failures in three weeks is weird. Like, I, I don't know. That's like the best way to describe it. Um, I saw an article written the other day by, or today um, from NBC sports where, where they interviewed um, David Wilson and he was basically apologizing just, be, um, you know, to Kyle Busch, to Joe Gibbs Racing, um, just because, you know, they, they, they realized what the issue was both times and, and, and they said, hey, this could have been easily prevented and, and we weren't able to catch it. So, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not quoting that word for word, obviously, but that, that's basically what it said. So um, kind of unfortunate there. But again, you know, I think he finished outside the top 20, 10 or 14 races since Sonoma or, or including Sonoma. So um, not been a good stretch for him. Um, Kevin Harvick has just had a weird season. Like he really struggled to adapt to the next gen car. And then all of a sudden he goes out there, he wins back-to-back races pretty much out of nowhere. Um, and then he kind of regressed back to the mean after those two races and, and it was pretty, pretty complacent. Um, again, just kind of some bad luck. Um, same sort of deal at Darlington, you know, completely out of his control, the fire, you know, obviously he's very outspoken about that. And that's really what killed him there. Um, the fire, and then he crashes really early at Kansas, not able to earn any stage points or anything. I think he only crashes three laps in, so uh, only earns one point or whatever. So um, definitely super tough circumstances there. Harvick knew going in to Bristol he would need to win. Bush, he's only like five points back or something or two points back, so uh, easily could have pointed his way in. But, I mean, Harvick didn't even have a bad run. I mean, he finished 10th, um, then issue in pit row. They lost a wheel, um, so he lost some time there, but if it's not for the loose wheel, I mean, I don't know 
he'd be able to win the race, but he'd certainly be in contention. So he, he had to win the race to, to move on. But certainly tough circumstances, but we see a couple of guys advance that maybe we didn't expect to advance the second round, like William Byron, who um, was second in points after those three races. I mean, him, Alex Bowman, they just put together some consistency, seeming out of, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, Austin Sendrick, you know, a guy I don't think a lot of people were sure would make, maybe make it to the round of 12. Um, Chase Briscoe, I don't, most everybody had him out in the first round, including myself. He gets into the second round. So um, definitely a few names I did not expect to advance to the next round. But, um, hey, it's NASCAR playoffs. Anything can happen. It's just like the stick and ball sports and certainly those March Madness brackets that we often try to do our best to predict. And even the most stats guru person can get it wrong. I think the other shocking thing for me, too, is Tyler Reddick being out so early because we've been saying all along in the podcast how if he would if he survived to the round of 12 and advanced to the round of eight, how dangerous he would be because of a homestead being on that segment of the playoffs. And of course, Las Vegas, too. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But as it stands right now, as of this time, you know, he'll still be with RCR next year. We don't know the charter situation holds for him with RCR. But assuming if all things hold true for him, he'll have at least, at least one more chance to compete for a cup championship with RCR. And then the other one, too, is Austin Dillon. But really, I think they've you know, salvaged an otherwise unusual season for the number three team by winning at Daytona and being in the playoffs was kind of like a bonus for them. But of course, RCR will be striving for better in 2024, especially with Kyle Busch joining that operation. And I don't look for Kevin Harvick to have another down year again. I'm sure that SHR wants to really turn things around for 2023. Well, Nathan's probably really happy besides the fact I'm going to be at the racetrack because Texas Motor Speedway is going to play host to the first playoff race for the Xfinity Series. Yes, folks, finally the playoffs are here for the Xfinity Series. Now, just to kind of recap really quickly, AJ Allmendinger won the regular season championship. but he is not going to be leading the points heading into the playoffs. Instead, it's going to be the three-peat winning, vomit-inducing Noah Gregson who's going to be leading the points. I don't mean like no, vomit-inducing as in he's gross. We like Noah on the show, but um, the boy cannot stop puking after races, which kind of, I'm not sure why. But anyways, Noah Gregson at least knows how to win races, and uh, he's off to a really terrific start. <laughs> going into the playoffs, and Texas is, well, I, I wouldn't say he's looking forward to the last visit from Texas, but Gregson has to be feeling pretty confident about his chances, but Almendinger's had some pace too, albeit he hasn't won on the oval yet, but um, we'll turn to Nathan here because he's Mr. Xfinity here on our TPF Live podcast. How do you foresee the round of 12 going because We've got a pretty competitive field, and um, Jeremy Clements being in this could be pretty fun, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of unpredictability in this extended series playoff field this year. I feel like we've had, um, you know, we've been able to look at it before and say, hey, you know, these are the four that I think are, are for sure the favorites. These are the four that I think for sure will be, well, the eight where I, I feel like for sure will make it to the second round, and then the four that I think will advance. But I don't know. There's a lot of, certainly a lot of questions about this year's field. And I think we certainly know our top two, right? Like the, the top two favorites, of course, undoubtedly, no Greggs and Ty Gibbs. Um, Gregson has six wins, obviously three in a row. Ty Gibbs has has five wins, can win on road courses, short tracks, ovals. Well, really both of them. But um, 
I think certainly his versatility is something we've talked about a lot. Um, otherwise, I think it's very, very wide open. Um, you know, Justin Allgaier, he's a guy that's um, um, he's pretty much good everywhere. He, he's really good at Phoenix too. So if he gets to Phoenix, I'm sure he'll be, he'll certainly be one of the favorites. Uh, like you mentioned, AJ Allmendinger, he's fourth in points right now, just to start this first race. Um, hasn't won on an oval, but he's like top 10 almost every week. He earns stage points almost every week. Um, like, uh, eight, in 26 races, AJ Allendinger has 23 top tens. So he's only been finished outside the top 10 three different times. And um, well, he doesn't, he doesn't have any uh, DNFs either. So when all the other playoff drivers have at least two, so he, he he's taking care of his stuff this year. He's been very consistent running top 10 all day, earning stage points all day, um, coming home with, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth place finish. That's just kind of what he does best. So um, he won the regular season championship again, and usually we're, we're used to the regular season champion being number one in, in, in the playoff standings once, once we get to the first race. So obviously, this year's an outlier. Um, Josh Berry has had a really sneaky good year. Um, I think he's a guy that could, could maybe sneak his way into the final four. Um, and you can't forget about Austin Hill, Brandon Jones either. I mean, Brandon Jones won earlier in the year in Martinsville. Austin Hill has won two, two, two super speedways. Um, if you include Atlanta in there, but, um, you know, he's been pretty consistent though at the same time. So he's due to win a, a non-super speedway race as well. Um, and then you got some other guys. I mean, Sam Mayer hasn't won a race yet this year. He's been very close. Daniel Hamrick been a little off this year. Um, but, but he's a guy that, that knows how to get through these playoffs for sure without, without winning races. So don't count out him either. Riley Herbst having a career year as well. Um, he's due for that first win. He's had speed all year as well. And then you get to the last two guys, the two family-owned teams, Jeremy Clemens Racing, Ryan Sieg. Well, Jeremy Clemens Racing, racing for Jeremy Clemens Racing, um, Ryan Sieg racing for for his his family's team too. So pretty cool to see two small teams in there. Um, and look, when you look at the Roval in this round, when you look at Taldeka in this round, um, there's certainly a lot of unpredictability there. I mean, if if, if those two guys can uh, can finish all three of those, all three races in this round, including Texas on Sunday and, and have a good finish in, in all three of those races. Um, there's certainly no reason why one of those guys is not both of those guys being the round of eight, because, um, it basically, if, if you finish all three races, you're going to have a pretty good shot. Cause, uh, obviously a lot of, car a lot of carnage can happen at Talladega and, and, and road course kind of mixes the field up a little bit. So it should be fun though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what really makes Xfinity series such a great series because, there's so much diversity and parity as a whole with the competition. And uh, I think he did a good summation of what to look for. And of course the wild card race is coming up with Talladega and the Roval. I mean, if you can just have a decent finish at Texas, anything will go at Talladega and anything can happen in the Roval as we've seen in years past. And it, I don't know what the weather's in a hole for the Roval this far out, but imagine if we get rainy weather, you never know what's going to happen. If, Almendinger runs into trouble. Could that open the door for those guys like Riley Herbst? Could it open the door for Jeremy Clemens or Ryan Sieg to kind of spoil that parade? We'll see. And uh, certainly we'll talk a little bit more about winning picks here to open up, open up the playoffs here very shortly. But kind of a segue into this to stay on the Xfinity theme. As you re may remember earlier this year, we had Brendan Poole join us on the show, and uh, it was a pretty entertaining guest appearance by Mr. Poole from the Woodlands, Texas, uh, as he talked about what he was doing at that point of the year in 2022, and of course, his love of Nickelodeon game shows, which if we didn't have any fans subscribe to Paramount+, Plus, I really don't know what anyone was doing listening to our show, but 
it was announced on Tuesday that Brendan Poole is going to be back racing in a quality Xfinity series ride, which we're pretty excited to talk about because he's going to be racing for JD Motorsports in three events, including this weekend at Texas, which I'll be having a little chit chat with him about. And of course, Homestead and the finale at Phoenix. And this weekend, of course, he has a sponsor with the number six JD Motorsports ride. He'll be sponsored by MacDoor Systems. Brandon Poole's really been owed, I would say, a good quality ride. And uh, unfortunately, circumstances have prevented him from really doing more with his career. I mean, he, he he's done a lot with little, I would say. But now he's finally got a chance to be in a, I wouldn't say a top Xfinity ride, but a, a decent Xfinity ride. One that's not going to be a start in park. And if he plays his cards right, could be in the mix for a top 15 finish. But, uh, you know... How much of it? How much of this is an audition for for Brendan Poole, Nathan? Do you think if he does a good job in these three races, does JD Motorsports or does another team go? You know, this guy deserves to be in our car. Honestly, it, it could go both ways for that. I mean, uh, a, a good run in 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 some decent equipment. I mean, uh, JD Motorsports they they've definitely taken a step forward with their equipment. Um, you know they they've taken that step forward and and they've gotten some results. I mean Bailey Curry has had some top fifteen, top twenty finishes this year. Ryan Vargas had a sixth place finish earlier this year. Um, so I, I think I think it's a good opportunity for him. I mean, hopefully, it can lead to to think to more things for him in the future. And look, JD Motorsports they announced today um, three car operation next year, so there, there there will be space for him um, at JD Motorsports if if they want to keep him around. Um, if, if hopefully he can attract some partners because it, it, it sucks that at the end of the day, um, this sport is driven on sponsorship. So um, hopefully he can get some of those results, get that sponsorship that he needs to uh, totally drive more races for um, in, in better equipment next year uh, and, and years beyond, whether it's the cups, well, cup series, truck series, Xfinity series, whatever. Because I know because he has exper experience um, at all three levels. So hopefully these uh, these three races can. Um, can lead into something more with him and uh yeah hopefully hopefully he does well yeah absolutely i mean i thought for a time there was going to be a chance that brendan Poole would be racing for a competitive cup ride and yes he's been in the cup series in 2020 uh but of course we all know what happened with uh, a certain sponsor with ganassi that uh if you don't know about it just google that stuff but uh He's definitely made the best of a really bad situation, and now he's got a pretty decent situation. Um, and maybe he'll be teammates with Brendan, uh, with Bailey Curry, who was announced to return back to JD Motorsports next year. So they're definitely on the up and up, and that little team from Gaffney, South Carolina, can certainly make some headway with the likes of Brandon Poole. Now let's continue to talk about playoffs and go back to the NASCAR Cup Series for a bit. Because now we know, we talked about who got eliminated from the round of 16. Unfortunately, we got to talk about who we think is going to be the bottom four after the round of 12, which I think this is going to be a really tough one. But uh, I'll let you take a shot at this, Nathan, just because I'm interested to hear your predictions, and then I'll chime in with mine. All right, this is going to be, this be good. Um, I'm not thought of this ahead of time, so we're going to do this um, right now. Like, you know, right, <laughs> right at the same time. So I think, I think number one, I, I had him out early in the round of 16 as well. I'll go Chase Briscoe out, my first driver out. Um, you know, he doesn't really have any, many points behind him, obviously, as a win. 
um, from Phoenix earlier in the year, but um, was able to do enough to get through in the round of 16. Still doesn't put together enough consistency this summer to have to make me have faith that he can get through the round of 12. So I'll go Briscoe out. Um, I will go. This is going to be tough. This is very, very tough. I'll go Alex Bowman out. I think he's been he's been a little bit better these last couple of races. Um, maybe not quite as good as his teammate William Byron, but um, again, he doesn't really have many playoff points baking on just you know, just a win earlier in the year. So that's two. Um, we'll go Daniel Suarez out uh, in the third, or that's the third driver out in this round. And then my last driver out in this round will be, it will be Mr. Ross Chastain. So I'll both of the, both of the track house drivers out in the round of 12. Look, obviously a lot of drivers owe a lot of things to Ross Chastain. Um, including Denny Hamlin. Obviously, they've been um, notable rivals this year. Um, but Ross Chastain got through the round of 16 a lot quieter than I think anybody thought he would. And nobody really talked about it either until like maybe this week. Um, that, that certainly wasn't one of the storylines throughout those first three races. I mean, uh, everybody was saying, oh, you know, I, I owe one to Ross Chastain um, in the playoffs and nothing has happened. So um last year we started to kind of see the the, the paybacks and the revenge happen in, in, the, in the playoffs especially like chase elliott and and um kevin harvick like that situation um roval is a good place to to get payback i mean it's certainly a it's a safe place like physically safe i mean obviously with the, these next gen cars you don't want to wreck somebody at 190 miles an hour going right into the into a wall because that's just not cool um but i think roval lower speeds uh and if for, for someone like Denny Hamlin or, or anyone else that's mad at um, Ross Chastain, even a Martin Truex Jr., because they've had a couple of run-ins too, that, that'd be a place to do it. Uh, and not to mention, of course, Taldega. Um, I mean, he can obviously get taken out on his own there, and any of those guys can get taken out on their own there, just with so much unpredictability there. And I think Christopher Bell, he said it perfectly after Bristol that Texas might be the most important race between now and, and um, now in Phoenix, just because, um, you know, that's Texas is really like, the, the only natural track in this round, if that makes sense. Like, um, obviously a lot of unpredictability at Talladega, a lot of unpredictability at the road course. So, um, to set the tone for that, for this next round and to, uh, make sure you avoid, you know, any issues at, at, um, at Talladega or Roval, Roval, where a lot of drivers do tend to have issues. It's important to get a good finish at Talladega, but, um, yeah, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman. Those are my four out here in the round of 12. No, you bring up some good points, Nathan. And I think uh, Ross Estain, yeah, he definitely snuck by and survived in the round of 16. I seriously thought that Bristol would be the site of his troubles, but other people got into trouble very early and often, uh, especially if you're a Ford or Toyota. So um, I'm looking to see if that Roval race is going to be where it happens. I'm going to be, be a little aggressive with my uh, elimination picks. Now, yeah, I do agree that Ross Chastain probably will be out of the, the round of 12 because someone's going to get into him and could be could be uh, Truex, could be uh, Kyle Busch because I'm sure Kyle Busch has a little memory about what happened at Richmond. Um, so I say Chastain, number one. This one's going to be a tough one, folks, because obviously this is a very popular driver and this kind of doesn't seem very logical because he can clearly win at any of these retracks, but I haven't seen enough out of Ryan Blaney to make me feel like he could get to the next round. He kind of limped his way into the, yeah, round of 12 and Bristol, 
yeah, he had the pace early on, but then once trouble ensued, he, I mean, I know that's probably an unfair assessment, but he just never really recovered in Bristol. But fortunately, because of his consistency, was able to get into the round of 12, but I don't think he'll make it in. I also do think Chase Briscoe is another driver who will be eliminated. And this one's a tough one because this is how I see Ross Chastain on honestly being eliminated from the playoffs. I have to say Denny Hamlin does not advance to the round of eight. Um, now, that's the, assuming, of course, he's not going to do well at Texas, which is a big if. And that's assuming he doesn't do well at Talladega, which is a really big if because he's a super good driver at the super speedways. But let's just say he doesn't win at those two races. And hey, we've seen the playoff party crashing committee ruin things already. And they might do the same thing again in this round. If he's winless going into the Roval race and he's having a bad race and Ross Chastain just dogging him really all, all race long. Hey, I've seen it. I saw Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick have their little, you know, spit spat incident at the Roval. Who's to say that won't happen into the heartbreak turn <laughs> going into the last stage? So this is a wild round, a lot of wild races. We're just making wild predictions. And uh, if we're right, great. If we're not, well, you can tell us. And then I'll talk about all of our Twitter handles here in a bit. But just to recap, going into the round of 12, we got Chase Elliott leading the way, despite the fact he had a, well, I don't want to say a, a great round of 16, more like an okay round of 16. Then Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Sindrick. Those are the remaining 12 who will be slugging it out this round to try to get to the round of eight. Well, we've reached the last topic here on Podium Perspectives, which is basically the last segment of our show. And that is to do winning time. Now, of course, the Xfinity Series kicks off their playoffs. Like I, like I said, they've got the Andes Frozen Custard 300 that will be kicking off this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. East Coast time, 2.30 p.m. Central time here in Texas. But of course, before all of that, the Xfinity Series will take to the racetrack for practice and qualifying between 10.30 to noontime. And you can catch that on PRN or Series XM for those sessions. And then, of course, the big race is at 3.30 p.m. East Coast time, 2.30 p.m. Central on USA. And then on the cup side of things, we've got the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Again, try to say that three times fast, folks. They have practice and qualifying that kicks off at 12.30 p.m. and should conclude around 2.30 p.m. East Coast time on Saturday, September 24. You can catch all those preliminaries on PRN on Series XM. And of course, all of these things can also be captured on the Podium Finishes Twitter account. And our photographers, Dylan Adwadney and um, Sean Folsom, will be capturing all the action. And yours truly reporting live from the racetrack. And then the big race, the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500, 3.30 p.m. East Coast time, 2.30 p.m. here in Texas time, September 25. The race will be on USA, home of Law & Order, SVU, of course, and maybe me trying to crash my way into TV again, because Nathan's made it several times. Why not? I like to photobomb once, once in a while, as I've learned from my good friend Alanis King. But uh, 
you know, it's going to be a great time. Lots of things that are be going to be happening for sure in these next several races in the playoffs. And Nathan, why don't we hear from you in terms of winning picks and dark horse picks? So as usual, give us your winning pick and dark horse pick for Xfinity and Cup. All right. So in the Xfinity series, this driver is somebody who isn't always in the Xfinity series, but has had some success there in the past. That will be um, a truck series championship contender. John Hunter Nemechek won this race last year in the number 18 for Joe Gibbs Racing. It's back in the number 18 for Joe Gibbs Racing. I will go with Mr. John Hunter Nemechek to win the race. Um, dark horse candidates. Uh, I'll go Jeremy Clements, honestly. Like, um, I know he's in the playoffs and everything. Is it, the eighth seed in the playoffs? Um, I think a lot of people might count him out just because it's, you know, it's not a super speedway. It's not a road course. You know, those are the places where he's gotten wins at in the past. So I think people just automatically count him out. Um, I think Clements will have a good run. I don't know if he's going to necessarily intend to win the race, but I think a solid maybe top 10, top eight run for Clements on Saturday. Um, on Sunday in the Cup Series, let's see. I will go with Denny Hamlin. I don't know why. It's kind of a gut feeling. Um you know, hit one of his drivers for a 23-11, Bubba Wallace, one at Kansas. We've had three non-playoff drivers um, win the first three um, playoff races. I think it's time that we have a playoff driver win a race. I think it'll be Denny Hamlin again. I don't know, gut feeling. Um, and then as a bit of an underdog or dark horse pick, I love Michael McDowell. Uh, I know that uh, the front row team has a lot of sponsors down there, so I'm sure it'll be a big race for them. Um, Michael McDowell had a lot of speed all year, um, especially at road courses and super speedways, but um, has, has just had more consistent speed all year with his next-gen car. So Michael McDowell will have a good run. Solid choices right there. And I think all in all, you know, those sound like winning picks to me and solid dark horse picks as well. Going back to the Xfinity race for me, you know, obviously for the favorite, you kind of still the best one right there, John Hunter Nemechek. Yes, he's looking to go two for two in this case. I'm going to say in this case, just based off intermediates, Noah Gregson is going to overcome what happened in the summer race and win here for the fall race. But as far as a dark horse is concerned, I'm going to go really extreme here. And I'm going to say Parker Redslaff in the RM Motorsports number 02 ride. Parker's really impressed me. I mean, he did a great job at Richmond in rss racing's ride and now he's going to be in a chevy and obviously he's one of those drivers who's com coming from the sim racing community we know how well they take to racing uh, in real life so i'm looking for parker to do some great things right there if i can do a bonus dark horse pick i'm gonna say uh stefan parsons number 45 uh, i liked how he did at bristol and he ran really well in the in the the summer race earlier this year, but unfortunately got collected in the really bad crashes we remember from Twitter uh, with the mangled up car. But I think this time it's going to be an all good piece, one piece for sure. Going to the cup race. Oh man, this one's a tough one because this is going to be a really stacked field in terms of the playoff drivers wanting to not be embarrassed anymore about not winning races. So unbiased pick, honestly. I'm going to go, this is tough, man. I'll go with William Byron because he has been kind of quiet here lately, but 
they obviously know how to do well at intermediate racetracks. And he did a pretty good job dogging Kyle Larson last year. I know that was with the Gen 6 car. It's the next-gen era. But Byron's won twice in this car. And I think he could do a really good job in that RaptorTuff.com Chevrolet, which people have mixed feelings about. Um, Dark Horses. This is a tough one. I mean, Michael McDowell is a great one. I'm going to say Todd Gilliland could be a, a good Dark Horse pick, honestly, because Front Row Motorsports as a whole has really picked it up this year. And once Todd Gilliland gets rid of that rookie stripe on his back bumper, man, he's going to be a pretty solid, dependable driver who could be the future of Front Row Motorsports and really build that program to be very competitive and pretty fun to watch. And as far as a backup to my dark horse pick in case, um, you know, Todd Gilliland can't get the job done. Man, there's just so many good drivers in this race. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to say, this is tough, man. I mean, Christopher Bush is not really a dark horse anymore. As far as I'm concerned, he's a winner through and through. So if you want to hear a really extreme dark horse pick here, why don't we go with Cole Custer? I don't know. Just a random observation because he needs some good luck this year. I mean, I know he's got a top 10 here and there sprinkled in, and I know people kind of give him a lot of flack, but um, Mr. Custer could do some great things. So, yeah, I'm kind of thinking the fourth are going to be pretty strong this weekend uh, if the All-Star race was any indication. But the big unknown this weekend is we have a different tire compound for this race. So I'm curious to see how that's going to impact this race. And the other thing, too, that I'm going to be looking forward to, and I tweeted this um, on my account, my Twitter account, it's going to be a very hot and humid race weekend. So are they going to apply that PG-1 traction compound surface uh, trickery? I don't know. Assuming they don't because they want to have a more natural racetrack, it's going to be very slick, very slippery, and that just means handling is going to be a big thing, and I look for a lot of trouble to happen off turn number two. So, Kruchis, be warned, you're going to have a lot of headaches, and you better take advantage of that brief practice and qualifying session on Saturday. But folks, what do you think? Who is going to win these races? Who do you think is going to surprise us? Is Nick Sanchez going to be surprising us all? Can anybody else besides the playoff drivers win these races in the Xfinity or in Cup races? Who knows? Let us know at the podium finish at Rob T. Youngson and Nathan's at Insali02. And folks, don't worry. I know we haven't had any hot seat interviews lately, but that's going to change next week because uh, your man here is going to be doing a lot of interviews at Texas Motor Speedway. And of course, I'll sh I should have some content from the bullpen that could be some fun podium perspectives audio. But as far as my game plan is concerned, don't want to really reveal it. Kind of going to pull a Solomon here and say, uh, just hang in there, folks. Just, uh, See what's going to happen. I know Nathan already knows because he's basically the number two of our of our organization, number one as an executive officer in this case. But uh, Nathan, what are you up to this weekend? I know you've got some busy stuff going on, but uh, how about the race weekend content? Yeah, of course. Um, we will have hopefully have some maybe some Xfinity, a couple of Xfinity stories coming out here before race day on Saturday to ple to help preview the playoffs. Of course, I do love the Xfinity series, so gotta. Got to give them some love. And then just the usual, usual race weekend content, sidebars, some hype pieces. Well, we like to call them hype pieces. I don't know what 
everybody else refers to them as, but like advanced story, sort of, if you will, in the Cup Series. So, um, yeah, and just helping out with uh, promoting and, you know, helping out write stories for, for whatever content you get. So um, excited to help out. I mean, it's kind of what you were doing for, for me when I was at the track here earlier in the season, like at, at Richmond, Dover, New Hampshire, Pocono, Watkins Glen. I mean, I was obviously getting us all content um, that we were able to write about here over the weekend. So I'll be doing the same now, and but the roles are reversed now that you're back at the track. So excited for that as always. We'll have some, uh, some more original content coming out, which is always fun. Absolutely. I, I look forward to getting out of the bullpen for a change and being on the, uh, the pitcher's mound, if you will, to hopefully do some strikes out there and uh, do a good job for us representing TPF and getting our video content out there. And again, folks, if you're around at Texas Motor Speedway, please, if you see me and I'm not looking like I'm busy or like hiding my head behind my cell phone, stop me. I'll definitely to take the time to talk to you and chat racing with you folks. Maybe I'll have a surprise in my hand. I don't know. But uh, until next time, folks, this is a really great show that we just did. And uh, again, for all the latest and greatest diecast cars, go to spoilerdiecast.com and you can save 5% off and get free shipping with promo code TPF for orders of $20 or more. If you want to hear all of our past shows, Apple Podcasts and Spotify will have you covered. But Nathan, thanks again for always doing a great job with me on this show. Episode number 47 is going to be a, a really bopping one, as I like to say, because we're going to be recapping all that happened at Texas and look ahead to Talladega, which, oh my goodness, I might need some uh, Mylanta for to get through what will be a very stressful but exciting race weekend and birthday weekend in my case, and yours as well. So b- both of our birthday weekends. I know, we, 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 have, we share the same birthday weekend. So Talladega is a great way to be stressed out and have a good, good old time, as I say. We'll see. Hopefully some of the audience members give some presents. We'll find out here very shortly. But uh, Nathan, thanks as always, man. We're going to wrap up the show so we can get ready for episode number 47. But before then, I'm going to be heading off to Texas Motor Speedway, folks. But until next time, for Nathan Solomon, I'm your host, Rob Tiongson, saying thanks so much, as always, for joining us here on TPF Live, the world's fastest hour of racing talk. And as I say, always on this show, let's go get the checkered flag. And until next time, so long, everyone.